0: Well, our next reading is also taken from the prophecy to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. You'll find it on page 613. 614, because we're going to read verses 4, 3 to 5. So 613. <laughs> 613 to 614, reading verses 3 to 5. Again, this is a prophecy that was written some 700 years before Christ was born, but you would think it had been written at the foot of the cross. Let's read God's word. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And then turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 13 and 14. Luke chapter 2, page 857. In verse 9, an angel of the Lord has appeared to the shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. The glory of the Lord has shone all around them. And the angel has said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now here are two verses. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. And may God bless this reading from his holy word. Let's pray as we consider this, these two verses. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we come now before your word, we can unwrap the message of Christmas. We pray that by you, the help of your Holy Spirit, we wouldn't just understand the meaning of Christmas, but we would also apprehend Christ. We would believe in him for salvation, and we would trust in him for the peace that we have and the peace that is to come. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I want to get going with a question. What could be harder to believe in than the appearance of angels before unsuspecting shepherds who were watching their flocks by night? I wonder what could be harder to believe in than the appearance of angels before unsuspecting shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. Well, here's what I think is harder for you and I to believe in. What the angels said to the shepherds. On earth, peace. Peace. Or put another way, peace on earth. How unbelievable is that? That's something like religious make-believe. It's fantasy, fiction. It's a pipe dream. Peace on earth? I mean, come on. Are these angels for real? After all, what is history? If not, the story of humanity warring against itself. I read this unbelievable statistic this week. Over the last 5,000 years, there have been more than 15,000 wars fought. And during that same period of time, 8,000 peace treaties made and broken. Peace on earth? I agree with Robbie Williams. I believe in angels, but I don't know if I believe what the angels sang. Peace on earth? Like, it's not just the history books that persuade us that peace is impossible to find. We just need to turn on our televisions or tap on our phones and bring up the latest news headlines. Wars in Europe, wars in the Middle East, wars in Africa, rumors of wars in Asia. Peace on earth? And and let's be more honest, let's be ruthlessly honest. It's not just a lack of peace out there, there's a lack of peace in here. How many of us in here this morning have our inner battle with the crippling realities that are anxiety and worry? How many of us worry over the future? How many of us are anxious about our lives, whether it's our health or our money, whether it's our children or our aging parents, whether it's our relationships with family members or work colleagues or whether it's the lack of relationship in our life. Peace is something that we all desperately long for, but something we struggle to find, and if we find it, we we find it impossible to hold on to. Real, lasting, permanent peace. If there's any season of the year that we all long for peace, it's this season. Christmas and peace are supposed to go hand in hand. And yet, let's be honest, this is one of the most stressful seasons of life. And Christmas always promises to be the most wonderful day of the year. But again, I don't know about in your household, but I know in my household, there can be family fights. There can be fallouts and disagreements. I don't know what brought you to church this morning. Maybe you got an invite from a friend or a colleague. Maybe you got a flyer on the street. But here's what I do know. That all of us want peace. And the good news that I want to proclaim to you this morning with just the few minutes that we have from the Bible is that what the angels sang about, it's not fiction, it's not fantasy, it's actually fact. On earth, peace to those in whom God's favor rests or to those whom God is well pleased with. Yes, it sounds unbelievable, but Christmas actually says, this is what you and I are invited to believe in. Peace on earth with Christ Jesus. Two big themes to the angel song. The first part of their song is glory to God in the highest. The second part of their song is peace to people on earth. I want you to notice that there are two directions there. Give glory to God on high because God has brought peace below. So glory to God in the highest. Now we we saw that the occasion that led to this statement from the angels was the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Today a saviour has been born. And it's hardly surprising that these angels... Give glory to God. For these angels recognized who the babe in the manger was and is. This was their creator. This is the one who flung the stars into the sky, who made the mountains and the valleys, the rivers and the oceans, the heavens and all that is in them and under them. They recognized that the babe in swaddling cloths was the Son of God, and so they gave glory to God in the highest. To give glory means to ascribe worth, value. It means to give praise and honor. And what's so important to know is, is that as these angels sing Glory to God in the highest. They're not just giving God the glory, but they're inviting you and I to join them in this song. But that depends. Do we recognize who the babe in the manger is? Do we know that this little baby was and is and forever will be God, God of God and light of light, very God and uncreated. You know, this winter, if we wake up one morning and look out the window and discover that snow has fallen, it would not be, surprise me if your first instinct is to shout to whoever is in the home and say, come and see You see, when we behold beauty that takes our breath away, we want others to share in it, to behold in it. And so as these angels sing glory to God in the highest because they recognize He was born in the manger, they invite you and I to behold with them, to share with them in praising God for the Son of God. Our praise ought to go up because God has come down. But our praise ought to go up because peace has been made possible through the one who was born, the Prince of Peace. Do you know that Jesus came down that first Christmas so that you and I would receive Peace, not punishment. That's a a big thing to say, but this is where we need to understand the bad news of the Christian faith. You see, one of the things that the Bible is, is it's ruthlessly honest. My mum used to say to me when I was a little boy, Andy, you should read, or she'd say, Andrew, not Andy, she'd say, Andrew, you should read the Bible because the Bible is the only book you'll ever read, and it reads you. It tells you who you are. And one of the things we discover from the very beginning and right through to the very end is that humanity fails to give God the glory that he deserves. We rob God of his rightful glory. Because just like Adam and Eve in the garden, we've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Instead of worshiping our creator, we would rather worship the created. We can take good things, family, friends, our work our possessions, and we can make them God things. The word for that is idolatry. And and one of the most famous Christian thinkers in the history of the church said, You see, our hearts are idol factories. They know how to take good things and make them God things, to give them our heartfelt attention and devotion that is due only really for God. Now, it is because of this sin, if I can use another word for idolatry, it is because of our sin problem that we deserve punishment. But the first Christmas is the message of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who came so that we would not face God's punishment, but have God, have peace with God. Now, now I want you to see something here in, in this verse. The angels sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased or with those with whom his favor rests. The angels make clear here that the peace of God will be experienced by those with whom God is pleased, or those upon whom God's favor rests. So here's my question for you. Upon whom does God's favor rest? With whom is God pleased? I think this is an area where most people get Christianity all wrong. I think so many people think that God's favor falls on the good, on the nice, on the kind, and on the generous, on those who do good deeds. Here's the truth of the matter. God's favor does not fall on those. You see, in the presence of a holy and a perfect and a pure God, even our best works, our good works, are but what Isaiah would say, filthy rags in God's sight. You know, if we could just go back to that whole reality that we are invited by the angels to give God the glory he deserves. If you were to examine your whole life, have you given God the glory he deserves? Your creator, the one who made you and has given you your breath, your sustainer, it's in him you live, move, and have your being today. Have you given him the glory he deserves. I think as humanity, most of us are like ungrateful children on Christmas morning where we take the good gifts given to us, but we don't even bother to acknowledge the giver of the gifts. And so what that means is we don't deserve God's favor or pleasure. We deserve God's punishment. And so here's the question that lies at the very heart of the Christian faith. How can God show favor and pleasure to people who deserve his punishment? Put another way, how can God bring about peace with sinful humanity? We come here this morning to remember Jesus' birth to celebrate that God became man, the word became flesh, that heaven came to earth. But we also come to celebrate not just the babe in Bethlehem, but the Son who hung on the cross. You see, the way in which you and I find peace with God is through the death of Christ on the cross. He died so that we could have life he was forsaken so that we could be forgiven. He was punished so that we could have peace. I'm reminded of the story that if you go to the, the U.S. or if you're from the U.S., you, you can go visit a cemetery. And in the cemetery, I can't remember where it is right now, it says on the gravestone, I want to stand where you are standing. I want to stand where you are standing. And under the grave, there's a a plaque and it tells you the story of that grave. You see, there was an incident that happened during the American Civil War. There was a 19-year-old soldier who was part of a firing squad assigned to execute a man found guilty of treason. And as this 19-year-old soldier took aim, he was horrified to see that the man he was about to kill was his friend. He knew his wife, and he knew his children. And he knew if he shot this man, he would not only end his life, but he would end the life of his wife and his children. And so he said, I can't do it. He went and had a conversation with his captain, and his captain said, okay, if you can't do it, here's an offer. You can stand in his place. And so the 19-year-old marched up to the captive and said, I want to stand where you are standing. The prisoner took off his blindfold and walked away free, back to his wife and family and the rest of his life. But his freedom came at the cost of that young man who chose to die in his place. And I share that story because it's just a tiny glimpse into what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, we've committed cosmic treason. We deserve God's rightful punishment. But Jesus was born and as Jesus hung on the cross, it's him saying, I will hang where you should have been hung. I will die the death you ought to have died. I will stand. I want to stand where you are standing. You see, the the amazing thing about Christmas is that the Son of God in the flesh, the perfect, sinless, righteous one was willing to take the punishment for sinful, unrighteous ones like you and me. The wonder of Christmas is that you and I are invited to believe in Jesus and receive peace with God forevermore. I know that when we speak about peace on earth, we, our minds instantly go to the thought of, well, we want peace in this world. We want wars to cease. We want deep divisions to be reconciled. The greatest division that exists is between humanity and God. And Christmas... Is all about God bridging that gulf and making it possible for us, his former enemies, to become not just his friends, but his sons and daughters. Now, I began this message by asking this question What is harder to believe in than the appearance of angels to unsuspecting shepherds? And I said, there's a Is it their words, on earth peace or peace on earth? We miss the point of Christmas if we stop short and only remember Christ's first coming. Because the good news of Christmas is also that Christ is coming again. And when Christ comes again, he's coming to right every wrong, to rid this world of sin, death, and suffering so that As far as the curse is found, it is removed so that there will be permanent peace on earth forevermore. And here is the only appropriate response to that good news. To give God glory in the highest. Because God has come down in Christ to bring peace. And the only response to this good news that sounds so unbelievable is to believe, is to trust in Christ and receive the greatest gift you could ever receive this Christmas. Right relationship with God and the promise of permanent peace forevermore. Let's pray. Our glorious God, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died where we should have died, who was born so that we could know peace with you and live in right relationship with you. God, we pray that by your Spirit you would enable us this Christmas to believe and to rejoice and to live in relationship, giving you the glory that you deserve, And we pray this in Jesus' powerful and precious name. Amen. The final carol that we're going to sing this morning is this glorious carol, Hark the Herald angel Sing, and it says in it, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's the good news of Christmas. So let's close our service and let's sing this carol and remain standing to receive their benediction.